Aye, aye. Eyes on the horizon this week on the Hapless Heroes. This man does not speak for the rest of us. Welcome back to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. I'm Francesco, and I will be your hosted DM on this next leg of our adventure. Joining me tonight, as always, is a fabulous cast of characters. You know them as Dave, playing Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening, everyone. Mike, as Lord and Captain, Quinn Southwind. Can I just get a lick of sleep? Nicole, as Boris the Butcher. Maybe Quinn won't notice, and I'll keep this jacket forever. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. Well, you might want to get it tailored. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. All right, Dragon 1, paw. Okay, Dragon 2, sit. Good dragons. Oh, boy. Yeah, so speaking of dragons, um, y'all tried to train train the ones that just recently hatched for you last week, and that went about as well as expected. Um, <laughs> Not well. Q, we yeah. spent less time training them and more time bickering about where to train them. It was another yakety sax like montage worthy type deal where you know they just didn't really listen to a lot of the commands you gave and were really just more interested in eating the food that you were offering as like incentive. Um, but the training and all the stuff was eventually interrupted. You know, as the day came to a close, Quinn needed to take his rest after you know using his powerful sea magic to propel the ship forward ahead um, on this three-day journey. When there was a call from the crow's nest, you know, to, you know, focus all eyes port side. Um, and you can see that, there, you know, there are some lights that are showing up on the horizon to your south. Well, I guess it's more like your southeast in the way that you're looking over the port side. Because you guys are traveling southwest right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of, you can see, yeah, the, the lights kind of coming just, just like not from ahead of you, but like next to you. Um, and yeah, that's where we are opening up. You guys are on the deck of the ship. Everyone's kind of looking over, not really knowing what to do. You know, there's several of, of these lights now kind of on the horizon that are growing a little bit brighter. It like, seems like they are getting, they are coming closer just slowly. And then you can see, actually, in the distance, like, more towards your, like, actual, like, southwest, like, true southwest, the direction you're facing, there's a light, like, more, like, ahead. But just one. The rest are kind of, like, sparsely grouped um, over the port side of the ship on the horizon. This sounds like the sort of problem an experienced naval captain uh, would be able to give us some advice on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quinn, like, uh, as I say, Quinn was like, just get, crawled his ass out of bed. He mm-hmm. didn't even have time to get into his jammy jams. Mm-mm. You mean his chaps? 
Well, no, those are currently um, spoken for. So then we're saying that he has no damage. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Is he just new? Those were my jammy jams. <laughs> you. You said you don't have pajamas. You wear those to bed. You did say that. <laughs> you did say that. You you have established this, yes. That's canon, huh? <laughs> we stand by your own perverse petard. <laughs> like, what, what, what Mike was playing that day? Uh... <laughs> The same one that we've known for years. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's lights. Um, would I would I know kind of what kind of lights they are? Like, I don't think I would be <laughs> no, able man, to tell that. No, man, they're fucking lights, dude. Like, on the right. horizon. Well, I mean, like, are they from, like... Is it nighttime? It is nighttime. Okay. Yeah, I would assume that that's why we can see them so distinctly. Um, you you still have a periscope, don't you? Would you be able? To, I mean, are there any naval signals? And Gerald's kind of like Tabby did. Tabby did return the spyglass that he borrowed from your room to you many moons ago. So yes. Oh, how nice of him. Um, yeah. Okay. I uh, I whip out my my periscope. Your yeah. I, try to get a, a better view of like what's in the distance so i remember describing it for the audience and like you know that was like your display one but like you know does your personal like you know spyglass like navigators like spyglass uh have any quin flair to it is it like oh my god is it like it's is it bling, like comically long you know what i mean like your hat where it just like you know, you you, um, you just keep like you just keep pulling out like more extensions of it, like it just doesn't stop. <laughs> sure. Well, okay, so so not only that, but every time it kind of like extends a little bit farther, there's almost like a like a mini firework like or or spark that kind of comes out every time it extends a little bit farther. Like that, and the, and the, the sparks are purple. Of course they are. It's like that serves literally no actual like utility, like purpose. It's if just there if to you're look. trying to spy like like sneakily, it's actually like counterproductive. Also slightly dangerous <laughs> because you're creating super long, so it's it's counterproductive anyway. You're pulling this out on a wooden boat every time you're using it. It's, it's making just, sparks. It's just an enchantment. It's like uh, <laughs> press the digitation, except yeah. you know. Right, well, not exactly. real sparks. Exactly. Right. 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 His room is still literally a powder keg. We'll we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did. Was was the? I thought you guys had instructed the gunpowder to be removed from the captain's quarters. Is that not? Is it? I I hadn't had it confirmed that it was removed. I'm hoping it was. <laughs> mm. Mm, okay. Let's let's there just were a lot of distractions. Spyglass in my bedroom. Well, hopefully you won't need to. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have any reason to use a spyglass in my bedroom. But I mean, I don't really know what you're into either. I'm not going to question that. So we're just going to move on. Um, it does elongate. So yes, you do. You do whip out your spyglass and extend it to its, you know, maximum potential, uh, and mm. you peer through it. Um, at this distance, it's. I mean, it does appear to be, like, either torchlight or magical light, but it has, like, that hue of, like, a, like that orange, like, yellow 
hue of like a, like a you know, a typical light. Um, you can't really tell if there's any shapes or anything else associated with it because right now, at least with the distance that it's at from you, you know, the light itself is kind of obscuring whatever silhouette, you know, might be casting it. Mm -hmm. But it does appear to be approaching. Do we signal them? I think not. We don't necessarily need them. So I say we bide our time and see where they are going. Uh, Jimmy John, the uh, first mate, um, asks you, Quinn, uh, Captain, should we lower the sails? You know, reduce our profile. Yes, let's let's see what they do, um, and we'll watch from afar. All right. Um, so some time passes. Again, they start growing closer. The one that's the the one light that is ahead to the you know, um, like towards the, the front of the ship, right? The one that you're seeing off in the distance by itself has kind of crossed more like directly in your in your path now. Um, but the others are growing closer. Uh, do you look through the? Have you been looking through the spyglass the whole time, just kind of like every now and again, just checking back in? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the you can see that there is that there are some shapes now that you're able to make out. It actually looks like these might be like vessels, like ships. Mm -hmm. You count seven of them over the port side and one directly ahead. Um, so eight total. Is is the one directly ahead similar to the seven on the side? Um, yes, but it appears to be moving. It doesn't be. It doesn't look like it's actually moving directly close to you. It's kind of almost like, like moving diagonally. So more toward the seven. Uh, away from them. Okay. Um, Quinn kind of moves his periscope in and out as sparks just continue to. Kinda <laughs> he's just. He's just emanate <laughs> from the. Um, like, more for more to show that it looks like he yep. he knows what's going on. Um, <laughs> ah, yes. Um, so 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 I guess the so I'm just trying to get a, a sense of like what's going on. So this so what I see is the one is moving away from the seven, but kind of diagonally toward us. Ish. It looks, like, it, it looks like it, it looks like if it maintains its current speed and heading, like they're overshooting you by a, by by quite a ways. If if they were to be on an intercept course, they are failing miserably at it. Interception of us. Yes, if it was if it were to be on an intercept course to you, it is failing so miserably. Would I make an inference in the sense that the seven are chasing the one? And not I mean, us. It is an inference that you just said out loud and could make. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but well, I, I'm just I, I'm like I'm just trying to like I'm trying to angle like in my head like where they're headed. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make that assessment. It seems as though the seven lights on the one side, one side. I don't even know what are we port, port side. side. You said the seven lights on the port side 
seem to be headed toward the one light yonder. An astute observation, Captain. What should we do? I, st I still think we just we just sit and wait. I don't think we we intercept in any way. Okay. You don't think we should signal any of them? No. All right. Um, They're not headed at us. Yeah. So, so, so it's not like we're in danger of getting hit. Some so some more time of quiet observation passes, then, um, and you can see that now, one of the seven lights begins to flash at you. It appears to be flashing in a pattern. I shoot a cannon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Careful now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Once it's out there, apparently it's cannon. Um, hey -oh. <laughs> I li Literally, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, I'm funnier than I thought I was today. Um, I am going to... Um, can you decipher the signal? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to like. So I'm, I, I, I say we flash the same, the same blink back. So whatever was flashed at us, we are gonna flash back. At so like the same pattern. Yes. You know those <laughs> Do patterns you think mean something. The pattern might be in some sort of commonly accepted naval code. Perhaps. <laughs> It's not Do you think the greatest sea captain to ever? Find out what it is before we go flashing back. Show me your boobs to the people who. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's like the best possible accident we could make. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so every accident we could make is worse than that one. You're saying? Yeah, just, just. Uh, okay, hold on. Re set a response. Uh, send nudes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so what like yeah i guess like what do i recognize any sort of pattern of the light yes captain in fact this is sort of standard standard naval morse code listen listen mike is not a naval person so i am i am Surprisingly, trying to play a naval character. Listen, you've had four years to fucking Google basic I naval have. shit. It's true, but, <laughs> but Quinn has everything. Do everything for him. So I'm like, I'm just gonna let everybody else do it for me. Yeah, Mike. Why haven't you learned Morse code yet? <laughs> I know. I know. SOS is what dot 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 dash 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 dot dot dot. Well, it's more than I know. Yeah, I'm not or saying it, you actually have to it? know the symbols of Morse code. I'm not trying to get, tell you to get that granular, but just like you know. How they communicate might but be he helpful. he should know it, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Why so, you told Philly what? has to learn the loot? I did, I did. Before, before we started recording this episode, yes, I was like, Phil's Phil. at a different level, and there's a different standard for Phil. All right, okay, so Phil, you learn, you learn how to play the loot. I will learn Morse code. To better meet your Fair. characters. Fair. <laughs> I mean, that's the level of commitment that's, I expect from all that's our players. That's so, I mean, if, if you're not trying to drop everything else in your life and fully commit to being your character in real life, then, like, I don't really want to know you. I will oh, learn swordplay and become a god. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, will learn to solder better and avoid being a god. We, I took dueling lessons the other day. Well, that's something. Anyways, we were talking about uh, Morse code. 
Um, and yes, the, the message that is being flashed to you repeatedly is we come bearing gifts. Oh, no. Oh, that's not fucking on. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, can, can we flash back? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Bye. Be more specific. <laughs> what message do you want to send back? The the uh, the crew is waiting for you to give the command, Captain. Also, do um, we know what the message says? Did you relay to us? That's a good question. No. Of course not. <laughs> he never good does. Plan. He never fucking does. No. At least um, he didn't the message. At least he didn't I tell... At least he didn't eat the message. That's true. Or burn it. Or burn it. <laughs> did I eat the message once? No, I think James did one or both. Yeah, you just hit yeah, you just hid letters from everybody for a long time. I just hid letters from people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hoblet destroyed at least one of them in some fashion. I can't remember what fashion, but He burned it. Oh Hoblet. Oh he burned it. I thought he ate it for some reason. He might have done that with another one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was actually thinking Massimo might have done something. Oh, no, we, by that point, we'd already been broken in enough with Hoblet that we didn't let uh, Gorgeous Mort have anything of any importance ever for any reason. <laughs> if there was a message, we got it before they could destroy it, essentially was the goal. <laughs> well, you can't destroy this message. So, again, the crew awaits your response, Captain. Which, they're obviously aware of our presence, Captain. What should we say? Um, ask them what gifts. I'm sorry, Captain. Repeat that. Did you say what gives or what gifts? <laughs> what gifts? <laughs> gifts. Why are we sending image macros? I think they're pronounced GIF. What gifs? <laughs> Peanut butter. Yeah, twelve ounce jars, light brown. <laughs> Ooh, we exchange peanut butter. Um. So there's just crates of peanut butter on these ships? That sounds amazing! Captain, I'm, I'm confused. Again, just one more time. What message are we sending? What gifts? <laughs> Wait, what's what's the, um... What do you mean, what gifts? What's our, um... Uh, what's our context here? Aren't you the pilot? No. I'm the world's greatest airship pilot. I'm also the world's greatest dragon trainer, so unless we're about to have a dragon-related problem... <laughs> I mean, Or an airship-related problem. You know, time is relative, so, I mean, about to is kind of, you know... You're right. Yeah. yeah, in nautical terms, everything takes fucking forever anyway, so... <laughs> unlike many clutch situations, we can actually have this conversation out before anything happens. Right. Does JJ understand Morse code? Yes. Is he paying attention to the signal? He knows what's going on? Yes, and he's asking the captain right. what the fuck we should say back. And I said, what gifts? Okay. Yes. We'll I want to know what they have in the first place. We'll send the message back. So they, you know, your, your, your ship, you know, does a series of lighting of lanterns and extinguishing of lanterns to send the same, you know, so, to send your message. So, so 
you replied with what gifts? What was the message originally sent to us that you know you decided not to tell any of the rest of us about? I think you can infer that they have gifts for us. So they sent, we have gifts for you. <laughs> Boris Basically. runs up to the side of the ship and yells, I love presents! <laughs> Across the water. <laughs> and this is why I don't tell you. You things. feel as though your voice barely carries over the dark and lifeless scene. Hedrick walks over to Boris and turns on his amplifier and lowers it down to her lips and goes, here, go, try it again. Once again, Boris yells, I love presents! <laughs> um, I really do try to make the right decisions. Y'all just need to trust me sometimes. The There's another flashing happening on the horizon now. Okay. And can I decipher it? It says, love from Omega. Oh, good. Not a trap. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not a trap. Well, it doesn't mean it's not hazardous. It doesn't I mean, mean it won't like, Anybody can just come up trap. and be like, we're from the Omega Project. Like, we're just supposed to believe them? Well, I mean, right. you're supposed to take an appropriate amount of caution. Um, it's the I, Omega Project. Have you forgotten who we are? I, sure, but I've also realized that we have enemies out there as well. So um, I'm going to pull uh, zero and give him my periscope. I want him to look at the ships that are presenting these gifts. Gifts. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Zero slowly and deliberately, section by section, extends the periscope for maximum effect in between every section <laughs> and then peers through the periscope. Yeah, I mean, as the ships start to get closer, I mean, they definitely resemble, um, you know, the fleets that the Omega Project has assembled. Um, the one, if, are you looking at the other one that's like kind of far away from the rest of the group? The one that they're all trying to intercept? Or um, appearing to? It does not actually appear as if they are on a course to intercept that particular ship. They are heading straight towards your ship. Oh, okay. I, I feel like I misinterpreted something earlier, or the situation. No, changed. it's just what Quinn was inferring, but... Oh, word. That's mm -hmm. so what we get for listening to people. Okay. Well, you know, I've got this thing all hauled out already. I'm sure it'll take no particular effort to... Oh my gosh, the rotational uh, torque that it takes to twist this 12-foot thing around. <laughs> yeah, so looking over at the, the lone ship... Uh, it does vessel, take practice. You can see that there appears to be um, an additional light behind it. Uh, it appears as, almost as if it is like some sort of like makeshift propulsion that is using fire or that is or at least emitting or producing fire from the back of the ship. Oh crap, and that's it, the dwarfs. And it is just tearing across the water at an incredible speed in no direction in particular that would have any relevance to your bearing 
Essie. Captain Southwind. Um, I know this is almost certainly a stupid question, but um, it isn't possible that um, the Kingdom of the Sea Lords has any rocket-powered vessels, do they? You probably None don't even know, know what the hell a rocket is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably ours, too. Or the dwarves tried to ship, tried making another ship. So at this point, are we resigned to allowing you know these ships to arrive and make contact? I know the captain is suspicious, so I just want yes. to defer. I think I, I yeah I trust that Zero knows better that these are Omega product project ships, and so I, I trust this now. Yeah, and if you think about it, if you look on a map. The Dominion of Kelnor is in that general direction. So, if I looked at a map, if you look at a map, <coughs> excuse me, you have a map person for that. Who? Mm -hmm. It's called a navigator, by the way. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, that I knew. <laughs> all right, so then the crew then begins to, you know get a little bit more at ease and just kind of calmly await the arrival of these vessels. And eventually they pull, like as they, as they begin to pull closer, you can see that, you know, of the seven, six of them are surrounding one ship, one larger ship in the center that appears to have a very large covered object above decks. It's taking up almost the entire deck of the ship. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just, some, I... just some additional details so, that I'm peppering in here, as because again, yeah. this is we're talking about naval time here. This shit takes a while, so I'm just letting you process information slowly as this is what's happening in real time. Can we see that with the naked eye yet, or is this just through the scope still? Um. I, I'm, I'm going to say still through the scope because I'm I just just making sure that no additional thing, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just providing more information as time's going on here. But they are getting closer. I mean, they'll, prob they'll probably reach you guys in about 20 minutes. Yep. I'll, I mean, I'll pass it along. I've got time to do that and naval gaze at the same time. Mm -hmm. Not even a groan. That was an excellent pun, you fucking Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I guess we're just immune now. I know. I broke you all. Would I have any uh, intuition as to any of Omega Project's things for the time that I had spent stuck in that room? Not really. It was all It was all just people trying to pertain to yeah, and, uh, teleportation. And the, and, and the room that you were stuck in was a facility offshore from Ardwall and not, you know, um, okay. at the you know main headquarters in Tamasha here. You were at a secure and secret offshore facility. Hmm. Fair enough. So what do we suppose that that singular ship was? I mean, it's, it would appear it's moving like an Omega Project vessel, but 
it's not concerned with the rest of these gifts. I mean, if those things are as big as you say, Zero, uh, how do we even know, you know, they're just covered in weapons. They're just covered in gigantic, you know, mechanisms. No offense. But what if it was, you know, something maybe like you? Well, what do you mean, like in a hostile way or a reinforcements kind of way? You tell me if we can see that this is the project. Why are they waiting for us to take these giant things with us? Unless they're just going to follow us and we can just ride in an escort all the way back to Ardwall. Well, those are questions we can have answered when they pull up a little bit close and are perhaps in something more like shouting distance, because I don't know about you, but my semaphore is really rusty and I think I'm missing a few flags. But, um... It's either that, or they're not who they claim to be, in which case we'll have what the military experts call a target-rich environment. It's a win-win, really. You say so. Uh, I don't know. Win-win. Heavily outnumbered. Yeah, like odds here. Yeah. Yes, means they can't run from us now. (laughs) Boris whips out our hand crossbow. Like this, just someone just like, okay, easy killer. Just like, you know, put like put it down. <laughs> um, okay, the ships begin to get closer. Now it's easier to see with the naked eye that, you know, um, the there are six ships escorting a, the, the seventh in the center that's carrying a very large covered um, object. And the ship in the center is definitely like flagship sized, whereas the one, the ships surrounding it are more like your size. Like destroyer sized. And the eighth ship is is like is it's gone. It's it's not gone, but it is definitely like off. Off. I assume we can't really see the eighth ship anymore at this point, unless we have a periscope. Um yeah, you would have to still look at that through your, your spyglass, for sure. It's not close to you like the other ones are. Um, and then from the crow's nest of the flagship, you can you, you hear um, the following. Permission to come aboard. And you can Mark see. Mark Nest just here. And you can. Uh, to do wakes up. You can see, like, uh, if you look through the spyglass, there appears to be uh, an Aarakocra goose person in their crow's nest. <laughs> uh, the do does take flight when there's the Aarakocra flying closer to the Omega Project ships. Aw, it's. They're just, are they just like flying around each other? No, the other one is. Not I don't know flying. the other Orokoka. Yeah, took off. Oh. Right. And and also, you have to remember that Dudu's not actually an Orokoka. <laughs> he just turned himself into one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there is another. Uh, as they see that, you know, Dudu takes off. And then a series of honks. <laughs> Just a bunch of honking. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, 
Well, it's it's speaking. It is speaking in our oh. in Arakokra to you, Doctor Didu. However, I don't know if Doctor Didu actually speaks Arakokra. I'm pretty sure. he, oh, he does. No, he does. He does. Okay. Um, let me bring up his character sheet just in case. But I'm pretty sure he because um, Pregnar definitely spoke Aquan. Aquan, yes, but not. You know. Yep. Didu speaks Arakokra. Okay. There we go. <laughs> and Aquin. Great. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, well, then you can understand it as uh, it's giving you the traditional Arakokra greeting, like greeting you as kin. Mm-hmm. And he, he's being as polite as he can. <laughs> you know, given that he's an ancient goose man. Because he wouldn't be? Yeah, but I mean, it's a grumpy it, old man. As, as far as you can tell, this whole encounter now is, beca- is is feeling very much less hostile than maybe it was initially perceived to be. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like it's still so suspicious. The, the, well, listen, the D and D player in me is always a suspicious. Can't even say the word. Suspicious of everything, mm. and especially when it's Fran. <laughs> um, there. Eventually, as the ships get close enough, you know, they see they get a little I mean, they, they, they start, you know, changing course to match your direction because they don't want to, like, run into you. Um, and then you can see, like, one of, you know, someone from the Omega Project like is on deck of that larger ship. They throw over like this appears to be like a black ball right off the side of the ship. And then as soon as it makes contact with the water, you hear it just go. And it inflates into a small pontoon. Well, that's definitely the project. Yeah, I would say so. And you see a few members of that crew um, hop down, you know, like rappel down into it. Um, it appears to be a gnome and two human shaped people. And it, the uh, the gnome you can see begins to like use some some sort of magic to like propel the pontoon, but it's coming it's moving very slowly. It does not seem to be like that kind of magic that Quinn can summon. But the pontoon is moving towards your ship. Um. I guess I have no reason to believe as Quinn that this is hostile. <laughs> and I, I hate that. As the player, I'm super skeptical of all of this. Of course you are. But I I, I don't think Quinn has any reason to disbelieve what's going on. Um, I feel like he's he's relying on Zero to kind of give him that, you know. Excellent. Good. The, these are the... Yeah. So I'm going to uh, command that we lower... Um, what is it called when you let like, I'm thinking of the ladder but like that's yeah like, it's like a rope ladder like how do we let them yeah yeah sure yeah you were low with a rope ladder um, and they graciously mm-hmm. accept your invitation to board of course they do uh, and as they kind of make their you know make their way up the, to, to the top of the deck you know like the, the gnome kind of like clears himself off a little bit you know wipes any like excess like water or whatever off of his what appears to be 
a lab coat that is actually like a swimsuit. <laughs> like it's skin tight, but it is like decorated to look like a lab coat, except there's no actual flaps. The flaps are just drawn on. <laughs> like a scuba suit with a jacket? <laughs> like a scuba suit that is made to look like it's a jacket. Looks like a jacket. Yeah. It's, it's like the lab coat equivalent of that tuxedo t-shirt. But also a wetsuit. Yeah, but it's a wetsuit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the other two scientists also are wearing something similar. Um, and the gnome introduces himself and says... Uh, hold on, let me pull from the, They gotta go to the name bucket real quick. I think we should have a name bucket song. Isn't it just name bucket? What's their name? <laughs> name bucket! <laughs> he says, Hello, Captain and crew. I am Dabblestock Springle Bracket. <laughs> yep. Dabblestock. Sounds about right. Sprinkle Spracket? Sprinkle Spracket? Sprinkle bracket. Sprinkle sprocket. Sprinkle bracket. <laughs> I feel like you're doing this Got on it. purpose now, Captain, and it's kind of racist. What? <laughs> I never. Anyways. Wow, that was power. That was that was intense. <laughs> Quinn would never, ever, ever imagine himself as racist, especially against dwarves. Why'd you have to say especially? <laughs> and he's a oh gnome. Oh my god! Dwarves. And it's also a gnome. You're just like, a... you're just digging oh. yourself deeper now, dude. I mean like, gnomes. Yeah, Nobody you, said anything about dwarves. You're, you're, yeah. I was say you're not helping yourself here now. You should just you just gotta <laughs> just take foot and insert directly in mouth because at this point, no, <laughs> they look the same. Oh, man. <laughs> this man does not speak for the rest of us. I'm sure he should be allowed to speak for himself. I'm so sorry about that. Omega Project Prototype Zero. Yes, hello, Zero. Oh. Um, so, uh, you... Sorry for the whole, like, maybe potential perception of, uh, you know, a threat at sea. Uh, you know, we had to really do a lot of calculations to see if we could even match the speeds you guys were going to, you know, find you on your way. Uh, Omnius had contacted us. Uh, not too long ago, he briefly popped into one of our labs. He seemed to be having some sort of teleportation calibration problem, but he was there long enough to tell us to execute Order 76. What is Order 76? Oh, uh, it's the, uh, um, he, he just, you know, he pulls out a, somewhere within his wetsuit, pulls out a completely dry notepad. Um, uh, and he, like, flips through... Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, and he flips through some papers. It shouldn't at this point. You're right. Uh, and he says, ah, yes, yeah. uh, or, order <laughs> order 76. Uh, delivery of prototype project AC150. Uh, the fine folks at uh, uh, Building 93 um, had been constructing something. I, I'm sure you're familiar with prototype 11, Um that you know is currently you know undergoing maintenance 
Uh, well, we took that same model for the arcane cannon and uh, made it, well, and he looks back at it and the massive size of it. Well, we were trying to make it the proper size to fit on the hero's airship uh, to test out. However, uh, we might have, well, Omnius has a way of exaggerating certain diagrams. Uh, so we we're told, uh, you know, it's probably high time for this thing to be put into action as uh, we heard there's an attack at Artwall, you know, and, then our, and the folks at the offshore uh, Building 93 facility uh, have confirmed as such. Uh, so we decided to maybe meet you on your way and uh, transport this. Um, Fantastic. By the way, you wouldn't happen to know anything about that other ship that uh, was way further in. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, well. Part of the calculations to see how fast you need to go to catch us? We had to, we saw how well the captain has been able to somehow magically propel this ship at just incredible speeds and well things like that in the world of magic and technology don't really go unnoticed so we were trying our hand at you know how to achieve the same type of propulsion and well it turns out taming fire elementals to provide jet propulsion to anything is hazardous at best so we wish the folks of building 34 the best of luck in returning and making it to shore safely Zero turns to nobody in particular. Yeah, they're totally dead. <laughs> it's too bad there aren't any civil mages uh, from uh, from Tarantis left, because they actually did use those to power the trains there. Yeah, it's a darn shame. We lost a lot of great minds. In fact, it set us back at least 50 years, technologically speaking. Especially without that font of magic. I mean, that that right there is uh, propulsion unheard of from a single fire elemental. Something is wacky with magic. Hmm. Do have we experienced anything with the elemental and the airship? None so far. We have better elementals. That's an unsubstantiated. Nice. That, that is an unsubstantiated claim. <clears throat> well, just from like we we've already known that magic has been fairly wonky in the last. Yeah, it seem, things seem to be like, accelerating a bit. Hmm. Uh, that being said, I also have uh, more gifts. Our message said so much. Um, Omnius had uh, instructed us to deliver a few things. Um, Peanut butter. Hold on one second. Uh, so, uh, and he like turns over to one of his assistants, uh, produced it, produced the crate. And you can see the guy opens up a pocket that didn't previously exist on his wetsuit and pull out a tiny little box. And he sets it on the ground, just taps the top of it three times and it poof, expands into a normal size crate. Uh, he opens it up and you guys can see in there a whole bunch of devices that look similar to the one that Omnius had in his hand when he first appeared uh, in the uh, spire with you guys. The grenades? <laughs> yes. Great. Oh my god. Inside the crate, there's there's a whole bunch of them, as well as... Do these people know who we are? As well like... as a 64-page instruction manual on their proper care, storage, usage, and operation. 
How, Lord how many raids are in there? Um, a lot. Boris grabs one and throws it over the side of the ship. It's, of course you it, do. It plops in the opposite direction of where the boats are. It, the other side of the ship. It plops into the water and sinks. Would that be starboard? No. Again, there is a 64-page instruction manual that you could peruse at your leisure at some point in time if you wanted to figure out how those work. Yes, um, starboard is right. Boris angrily walks back towards the box, picks up the instruction manual, and starts stalking towards the side of the ship, clearly as if she's about to throw it over. Does anyone stop Boris from throwing away the instructions to these explosive devices? Yes. Yes, I try to stop her. Okay. Perfect. Oh, I just stop her. That's the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm tiny and in giant sleeves. I have absolutely no motor control right now. <laughs> and then the, uh, you know, um, the, the gnome continues and he says, Oh, uh, Madam Baroness, uh, there was one special request that we had to fulfill. Uh, and he, you know. I, I, I spin around dramatically so that the, the flaps of the sleeves, like, whirl around above me when he says, <laughs> Baroness. <laughs> All right, now Avnia specifically requested, he looks through his notes again, uh, tell the Baroness not to get too excited. And he closes his note sheet. Too late. And then he, you know, the other assistant pulls out, again, a similar, opens up a, a pocket that didn't previously exist, pulls out another little crate, push, taps it three times, poof, expands into a large one. And inside, he reaches in, pulls out a tiny mechanical puppy. Boris's jaw drops to the floor, not literally, because not magic, but as far down as humanly possible. <laughs> and she flaps her sleeves, looking kind of like a, a, a you know, wibbly wobbly yeah. arm flailing tube man, we essentially. Um, unable to actually. Imagining, I was ima imagining Mickey from um, Fantasia mm -hmm. with all the. Yeah. He's like too small for the for the rope. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. You know, the, 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 he's, the, the puppy is set down on the ground, and you can, you can see it very mechanically. Like, it's standing up straight. Its tail is wagging at a very, like, in a very rhythmic fashion. Like a metronome? It then, <laughs> yeah, it then, like, slowly assumes a sitting position. And it's got, like, you know, it's metallic. It's got, like, little spikes on it, but, like, not a ton like Fluffy did. Um, it's, like, red eyes and mechanical jaw, and it just looks up at you and, like... It, you know, through its tiny little mouth says, a woof, a woof. Ah! <laughs> Boris runs up and, like, scoops it into her arms and squeezes it like the child from Animaniacs. Yeah, and you can Remember hear those, like, late 90s, like, and, and toy puppy yeah. robots? They had those? Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing that exact thing. The leather from your armor, like, squeaks against the metal like body of this puppy and again it just continues uh woof uh woof I am still wearing Quinn's coat mm -hmm. the leather's still squeaking I mean yeah because it's like you know it's a large coat and it's open okay. you know so yeah just kind of adding some texture to this scene here or snuggles the puppy as much as you could possibly snuggle oh. And then, and then yeah, and then eventually it goes stiff again. It looks up and it says, "Owner detected. Please set name." 
Boris freezes for a moment. <laughs> In her frozen state, the first thing Boris says out loud to this puppy is, um... Registered. Will respond oh, no. now to, uh, 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 um... <laughs> <laughs> Confirm changes? Yeah, Boris doesn't have the heart to change it. She sticks her face in the puppy and goes, I love you, um. Registered. Uh, 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 um. Resuming puppy mode. Uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boris reaches into her pocket and, and feeds a ball bearing to, um. Foreign object detected. Delete. Yes. And you see it like begin to just gnash away very violently on this ball bearing. It, it, all, but all it does is just roll around and like, you know, like bounce around inside of its mouth. And then until eventually <laughs> it falls inside. Foreign object detected internally commencing cleanse and you can see like its body begin to glow and it actually becomes too hot to hold and you have to like put it down and you see it's like it's I put it down gently yeah, you see its torso literally glowing like red hot and then after a few moments it subsides purge successful Boris walks around and looks at the back of the puppy <laughs> <laughs> nothing Hmm. <laughs> uh, and so now the um, scientist person that I already fucking I'm such an asshole I already forgot his name and I just said it Spring Sprinkle Sprocket yeah, right. uh, Dabble Stock Spring Dabble Stock So he, uh, he says um, So obviously we're probably not going to be able to keep up with you all as you journey back to Ardwall um However, know that reinforcements are on their way. We have registered this as a Class S cataclysmic event. And we'll only downgrade once we, realize, once we know the true nature of our enemy. Is there anything else, any, any, anything else you require from the project? Any uh, supplies or anything that we can assist with before you forge on ahead. Since you're calling this one a Class S um, cataclysmic, um, please do tell me that there are more ships with more explosives coming behind you, right? Well, unfortunately, uh, many of our resources are tied up on the airship project, so we've had to actually disassemble a lot of the fleet in order to, well, have the materials to assemble flying ships. So this is about all we got right now. However, you know, the offshore facilities hopefully have something cooking that might be able to assist. Again, we are still assessing the threat. However, it is we are classifying it as Class S as all of the leaders of the world, including Chief Executive, are in danger. Well, it doesn't really sound like you're still assessing. It sounds like you made an assessment. We'll see you there. We'll and zero heads off back down below decks. Well, we're going to get moving. You'll probably pass us tomorrow. Um, and again, Godspeed to the Lab ninety or Lab 34 folks. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll ever see them again. 
Isn't there some way you could track their movements? I mean, sure. Oh, we'll definitely send a recovery team at some point to fetch, you know, whatever's left of their ship as it runs ashore. Such is the price of science. All right, so the project, you know, scientists do depart the ship now. Um, and it takes a little bit, but the pontoon eventually gets back, and you can see that as soon as they climb back onto the flagship, um, the... You know, one scientist kind of like waves his hands a little bit, and then you see the that pontoon just turn back into like a floating like black beach ball, and then it just like levitates back up to the to the deck of the ship, and they you know bring it back aboard. Um, and then they you know their ships begin slowly turning and you know heading in the direction of Argwal. Quinn needs to rest. Yeah, yeah, he does. So he's been up for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's the end of the night. Gifts were delivered. The crates are secured. Uh, they, you know, you actually, the crew begins to move, you know, the, the crate full of grenades to the storeroom. And then they walk in and see that there's two dragons running around. And then they immediately shut the door. And they're like, uh, Captain? Yes. Uh, there's dragons in the storeroom. Mm hmm. Where should we put. <clears throat> where yeah, d don't use that storeroom. Um, you know what? Actually, we, we can take care of that. We'll, 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 fi we'll find a place for it. Just put it in the captain's room. Gotta make sure I don't use my spyglass. Um, oh, and the, and the guy's like, okay, and just drops the crate in front of the door and leaves. So what was the big thing on their on their giant flagship? That, that is an, big ar thing that is an arcane cannon that is supposed to be fitted to your airship, but is quite large. Okay, the AC-150. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's not fitting on our ship. No, not the one that you're currently no. boating on. Not the Oberstar. That's okay. no, that is that is reserved for the five o'clock shadow. I'm sorry, the eleven o'clock shadow. The airship. Cool. Which now casts like an eleven thirty shadow. Oh shit! <laughs> At least quarter after. So before we long rest and end the day here, is there anything else anyone was trying to do? Uh, Jarrell would like to find Zero just for, because Zero doesn't sleep. Mm -hmm. So he'd like to make sure that somebody watches over Hans with the dragons so that he doesn't get murdered by the dragons in his sleep. Yep, Zero can eventually be found and... Alright, I will make sure that your lackey doesn't kill himself on the open. Boris, I also heard you pipe up. Uh, yeah, Boris takes um, down to the, the barracks. I'm assuming there's some sort of sleeping quarters. Yeah, you guys have like a private That's, sleeping quarters dude. area. Yeah. Is it like a, a communal sleeping area that the rest of us sleep in who aren't Quinn or Zero? Um, we there would are, have room. There are rooms that have like a couple bunks in them that you guys are sharing. Yes, but like not all of you have to sleep in the same room. Okay, so Boris brings um down to the general bunk area, 
and opens all of the doors and then proceeds to put all of the pocket bacon that she can fit in Um's mouth. <laughs> Wait a sec. Okay, so you're taking all your pocket bacon, you're putting it as in much the, as I can fit, and you put it in the dog's mouth, and you said you opening all the doors. Yeah, I opened all the doors in the barracks first, you know, so there's good airflow, and then I put bacon in Um's mouth. Foreign object detected. Oh, rough. Perk. Um, swallow. The, you know, dog does a couple chomps and then swallows all of the pocket bacon. And then again, you see its torso glow like red hot. And the smell of cooked bacon permeates through the entire ship. Boris uh, triumphantly raises her giant sleeves over her head. That smell eventually turns to the smell of burnt bacon. <laughs> and then over burnt bacon. <laughs> and then charred bacon. And then eventually, you know, the, the um stops glowing. And, you know, says purge completed. A rough. A rough. <laughs> So now it reeks down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or smells delicious, depending upon how you feel about charred bacon. Like, burnt. burnt. There, there, <laughs> like, there like are people coming to the mess hall to, to, to figure out what the hell's going on and, like, you know, who's, like, fucking up the cooking and to, to, to find that there is no cooking taking place. Only someone cleaning up a bunch of barf from the <laughs> kitchen itself. Still. Boris still considers this a great success and goes to bed happy. <laughs> All right. Well, we are setting the sun over the Overstar today, and I think this is a good place to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. And listen, audience, if you like us, you could find us on the internet. We're on such places as Twitter and Instagram. Just look for at Hapless Heroes. We're also on Facebook and um reddit just look for hapless heroes podcast those places have sticky posts or notes in our description or whatever that would point you to where we really actually hang out most of the time and that's our discord server you can meet there interact with us and the rest of our audience and, you know budding community of DD enthusiasts or just uh you know fellow nerds and uh, it's pretty great really enjoy you know, all the conversations and things that have been happening there just really brings a smile to my face every time I see people chat. Uh, but if you really like us, you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast service accepts those reviews. Or you can email us at haplessheroes at gmail.com. Say some kind words. Send us a, you know, little 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 message in the form of a review or, you know, what you think of the show. And we'll say some kind words right back to you on the air. Now, if you really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreons, patreon.com slash heroes. We have a whole bunch of different kinds of rewards, and soon we will be adding at a undetermined reward tier just yet, uh, recorded versions of all of Hedrick's tunes that have been heard so far in the podcast. So if you enjoy Phil's zany interpretations of D&D classics, then, boy, do we have a surprise for you because this man has recorded like freaking 20 some odd tracks 
to release on there, so we have to do it, obviously. In addition to that, we have bloopers, behind-the-scenes audio, special roles in our Discord server, including even a super-secret special channel where you can flaunt your awesomeness to the other current and former patrons of the show. And we really appreciate all your contributions. Really, we just helped, you know, keep the show running for years strong. So thank you. And if you like us right now, you love us, Sally Field and the whole deal. Um, make yourself a hapless heroes monster truck. It can be a type of whatever character or however you want to design it. Um, I had pictured a monster truck called Zero's Reason, which is just a giant monster truck with a ballista on the back of it. Um, and when you obviously destroy all of the cars and do some sick wheelies and flips and all sorts of stuff and win the monster truck competition as you're accepting your monster truck reward, <laughs> just tell them to uh, listen to the Hapless Heroes. Right then, love it. Well, I guess there's nothing Doable. left for me to do besides <laughs> outro this cast for you. So, starting uh, the opposite direction, I will outro my friend and the magnificent Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time, Phil is Hedrick the Entertainer. JJ, why don't you give me a hand with this thing? I got 64 pages to read here. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Um. Fake. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southwood. Can I please just go the fuck to bed? <laughs> and Dave is Zero's Valen's Zero Valen's Avatar of War. Good night, everyone. And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.